Welcome to the Tall Tale Tavern Chaser episode for Cloudy with a Chance of Fireballs. It's me, Kyle, and I am here with Scott and Ryan RDM. Hey there, guys. Good to <laughs> talk up, to you guys? guys again. Yeah. Yeah. It is great. It is great to talk to you, Ryan, as well. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you having me on. This is going to be fun. Mm. Yeah, excited. It's it's always fun to 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 listen to the episode as it airs because we we recorded this one I don't know maybe a month before and kind of re remember all the fun things that happened with it and there was a lot that happened in a short amount of time which was great. It was a one of my things that I liked about it was the different roles that we had to to have for the different for parts of the course that the ship took and and just like feels like a lot that happened in just a couple episodes. Yeah, it, when I was starting to put this together, I wanted to make a unique adventure and to choose the setting and to give the players agency to try to help navigate towards a destination, but then really had my hands off the wheel for a lot of it. So there were a lot of different scenarios, things that could have happened that we never blundered into. And I was also trying to figure out how to make sure that we got to a good ending without meandering so far off that it would have been a seven hour episode because I think there was that potential. I think there absolutely was that potential. And I, <laughs> I, I second Kyle that I was impressed with the amount that you managed to get in, especially while still allowing us to kind of fuck around and, you know, do our own things like at different parts in the adventure, the, the time management <laughs> <Yeah>. to... <laughs> cram in a whole i don't know uh history of oppression for kyle but still allow <laughs> right. yeah. allow room for me to go talk to a cook about farting or whatever for like yeah. five minutes <laughs> for no reason was oh, it was very well phenomenal done. and it, it was just great fun I, I really enjoyed watching all of the characters playing off of each other and some of my favorite moments were the ones that were really very unscripted when you guys were meandering about the the ship or just interacting with each other or the the different days and the different challenges they presented and, and how you chose to conquer them made me laugh a lot things i'd even forgotten until we re-listened to the episode and it was just so much fun yeah it, that was probably my f my favorite part or one of my favorite parts of it was just like just going to the cafeteria and, and like sitting down in the cafeteria and eating like that was just <laughs> it was fun, fun for me playing a hippo, you know, a gift <laughs> character. And then like thinking of in the moment, how how does how is he going to eat? Oh, I know how hippos eat. You know, they just like <laughs> shove everything in their mouth, you know, uh, just um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a lot. It was uh, pretty great. <laughs> I, um, oh, go ahead. I cede to you, Kyle. I've already been drinking. All right, so let's let's get to you. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, I was just uh, gonna bring up that we're uh, uh, just gonna kind of save this for the chaser episode, pretty loose, and we just talk about the our favorite types of things. But I'm interested, Ryan, and in some of the um, thought the some of uh, your thoughts when you put this together, and and um, kind of what was your inspiration to make this uh, this type of adventure because. What I've basically what we base what we've done so far with inviting people on to DM for the podcast is just to say, hey, if you want to come on and DM a, a an adventure, then we want to have your vision and kind of what you want to do for it. And so, um, yeah, what were some of your thoughts, or what did what are some things you had fun creating for us for this one? I think my thoughts were a, a little bit all over the place. I'm someone who has listened to a lot of different Dungeons and Dragons 
podcasts, uh, this one, of course, uh, being one of the ones I listen to regularly, and then trying to think about, okay, I have DM'd many different campaigns, and they're all sort of set in the same timeline, but I wanted to do something that was different. And so moving things forward and thought, okay, what was a kind of Victorian era Faerun looking like? What would the industry and steam and magic and black powder, how would that all coalesce? And what would be a setting that I haven't really heard much of? And some of the things that always catch my attention are travel episodes and different shows where people are on a ship or they're in some kind of a transplanter vessel or they're in the ether out in space. And those are, they really capture my imagination. So I said, well, how can we bring all that together and then create a, a narrative that would take people from one place to another with a mission? And it just started pulling these threads together. Okay. Why would there need to be an emissary? What would the threat be? Why would there be a threat? You guys, uh, your ability to delve into people's minds uh, as uh, Agathis was not something I was anticipating, but being able to read people's deeper mind and, and kind of pull that narrative out was a neat way to be able to explain some of the lore that it built in that I honestly didn't think anyone would ever get to. But just well, be able I'm to pretty play sure Kyle it. shouldn't have been able to do it as much as he did because I'm pretty sure he was cheating there was one and time overusing <laughs> his subtle spell when he didn't have enough sorcery points I told, points him, I for told it. Scott afterwards, I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, I used it one more time than I was able to the, <laughs> that last day. And I, it was, it's because you have to use sorcery points equal to the spell level. Uh, and I think I only had two or three. And I think I, so I used it like two times instead of one. I but, think um, narratively it worked out really well. And uh, I didn't notice it, but trying to organize chaos as you know as a dm you don't always do a perfect oh job of it so I, I appreciate it when people are there to go hey is yeah. this the way the rules work oh you know what i messed that up great let's let's fix it on the on the back end but it, it was it was great um <laughs> just yeah so i really wanted a chance to, to bring a lot together to give people opportunity to explore uh, my crazy mind and and hopefully lay out just a different environment for people to try to flex their muscles. In. And one thing that was in the back of my mind was something Scott had told me the first time we ever sat down at the D&D table together. And it was something along the lines of, I have never actually fought a dragon. Are there actually <laughs> dragons in Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, how much fun would it be to make, make it look like there were uh, yeah, dragons? I know. What a tease. Yeah. <laughs> hey, next time, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, we will see. Uh, um. That was, uh, yeah, but you, uh, you know, brought up Agathis and um, Agathis is probably one of my favorite characters to like have to create because it was, um, uh, it was all my other characters I've ever created have been just like combat focused, kind of like what a, like what kind of fighter, you know, what kind of spells would they take in like a, a fighting scenario. But for Agathis, he's like a, he was an emissary and ambassador. So like, what would that even like look like? And so it was really fun to create him as an eloquence bard that has a, uh, it can't roll less than 10 on deception <laughs> or persuasion and then has a plus 10 modifier. So he just literally cannot roll less than a 20 on either of those. That's so broken. Yeah, How is that so even broken. possible at like level five we were? like. Well, you play, imagine, you know, any campaign that you'd play in that's really 
like that's not combat focused it, you the dm would have to just get real creative on how mm-hmm. to balance that mm-hmm. and also still make it feel rewarding you know for the player who is like wants to be really good at persuasion but also can't just like persuade their way out of everything but um and then i was like well if he could detect thoughts too to get the upper edge and have subtle spell with that that um uh with a with that sorcery like meta magic feet that was just a, a a fun touch to to be able to to have um uh, to be able to just cast that with, with subtly so i could do it at any in any point and just be able to like hear surface thoughts to get the edge in a in a in a conversation and whatnot but i uh, essentially I, oh go ahead i was just gonna say that i i was a big fan of agathis uh as well kyle i think it was I guess I don't get to see you play as many characters uh, as you get to see me play, but I thought that was a really good character. I like any time that there's a bard that does not music for their barding, and I liked yeah. all of your very serious poems <laughs> that you were reading. <laughs> it was fun. I do, I do like love poetry, and I'm not like someone who is, uh, you know, obsessed with you know. Po- probably the poems I know the best are like Shel Silverstein because I read those all the time at night to my kids. But like it was fun to read, like just read through a bunch of like poets and poems and try to like come through, like bring some of those in to like, yeah, uh, to if Agathus was going to use his song of rest, then mm-hmm. I would do this poem or mm-hmm. his uh, 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 different attack ones or these, you know, really creepy ones. Um, and so I had a, a list of them that were fun or like insults for for um vicious mockery too. <laughs> and so that was fun to just like make a have a list of those kind of ready to go to be able to to bring out if needed and um uh yeah it was fun and his name literally means silver tongue actually is uh is agathus ag is the periodic symbol ah, for for silver, silver yeah and then gloss, and gloss sure. is a uh greek root for tongue yep and so it's yep. literally like silver tongue was his name i felt clever I felt so clever it was wow. very can you good guess, can you guess what dirk was uh <laughs> and dirk wonder what those stand for hmm. well uh, I, I will admit i did not come up with that uh until actually midway through the second episode it hit me the the, the light and dark play there i was like man i'm but, so mad listening back to the episode i've threw out that joke about us having a third brother and i'm so mm-hmm. mad i didn't name them like norm or just like something that's normal you know like i gave him dave <laughs> like i wish i had come up with the middle of light and yeah. dark i would have gone with gray but that was already fallout's character's last name i guess so like a dusk or dusky could <laughs> yeah, have been his name dusky. gray hawk yeah. we have a brother named gray hawk i was thinking about the way we were creating the characters for this and you guys were bouncing ideas off of me and the ability especially in these short form episodes to really kind of metagame and tweak out a character who would be more or less totally busted if you played in regular campaign it's a lot (laughs) of fun though because it gives you agency to play with potentially overpowered characters but then put in scenarios where hey maybe you need to have a character who is overpowered like that so it was a lot of fun to put you in some scenarios that, okay, weren't just straight combat and see, okay, how would you creatively work your way through this? Uh, Lahayat doing basically an L-sit for an hour and um, <laughs> making his constitution <laughs> saves and, and not suffering exhaustion. 
cracked me up so much. And I, I was, I love that entire scenario. Uh, and you guys tying him up to the mast and, you know, him just pitting out and getting, yeah. grossing himself out with it. I love so the funny. idea of that. We, I mean, if we did that for an hour, like it's just, you wouldn't even go that far. Like it's right, so not yeah. worth it. <laughs> it's, it's theater uh, of mind and fantasy and it worked out beautifully. Yeah. yeah. And Dirk and LaHyatt, you guys had great chemistry together. And it was just, it's just fun when two characters are brothers, you know, it's mm-hmm. just a fun setup. Yeah. That and was like, uh, and twin that brothers was, uh, of some sort with you guys, with your different races. But. Well, yeah. I, I just wanted to, when making my character, I think even before talking to time, I, anytime we're making characters for the show, I'm just like, what haven't I played before, especially on the podcast? And I've never been a fighter. So I was just like looking at all the fighter options and I really settled on the idea of wanting to be a dirty fighter in particular, <laughs> uh, which I thought all the battle master little things worked out well for. But then when uh, Time and I were talking about characters, Time's always somebody who likes being like an archer in stuff. When he plays video games, he's like an archer. And in Baldur's Gate, he's like a ranger. Um, so I was like, well, I'm going to be an up close guy. You're struggling to come up with a character. I'm going to be this grimy little dirty fighter what if you're my brother who's like this perfect character and then obviously we just settled on twins the movie twins arnold and Mm. danny devito vibe (laughs) just one of them is this perfect paragon uh even though he turned out to be a bit of a a himbo almost (laughs) yes the way he acted but yeah my think my favorite i don't know why but the, the the hardest i laughed while editing the episodes is when uh Lahyatt, I call Lahyatt into the room as Dirk and make the joke that he's naked. Uh-huh. I throw him a towel, and just the way that he's like, "You didn't just use this, did you?" Like, I just <laughs> yeah. like that implication that our brother. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, "I didn't just use it." <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Uh, it was it was uh, so good, and and just the the player interactions, uh, the way you had edited it with uh, Fallout, just sitting there for. <laughs> three-fourths of the first episode <laughs> right, yeah. just laughing and just enjoying the antics i think he was as entertained as the rest of us were just enjoying being there and then his his big reveal and the craziness that ensues and um and i love the fact that you know you guys didn't get to see his character shoot or anything but he was a pretty stacked out uh character and what he chose to do was just so off the wall he was looking for every creative solution and it was uh, yeah. fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> I was so surprised by that because I know Fallout pretty well. And he's like a in in games. He's like a min maxing type guy. Like his entire YouTube channel is like, how do you be the best at this game? Right. Like a lot of guys mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that. So I loved that when it came down to combat, he wasn't like, what's my most powerful attack? What's my, you know, like be- most efficient option. It was like, what can I do with a goofy cantrip right now? Yeah. Instead? Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I thought and that, that he's was a, really great. He's a character that I just, the, the backstory and stuff that we came up with him, it'd be really cool if these guys ever came back around or you went back into this, like, what are they now? What are they doing? Uh, you could take any one of these people that you for created and do a whole series about them because there's just so much background to it it would just be fascinating and, and I enjoyed that so much uh, the the fun that you were having the the lore that you were building and it, go ahead i was gonna say 
circling back a little bit, it was stressful at first sitting there not knowing when Fallout was going to come in like another right, player. Right, yeah, we're like, oh man, do we need to push the story <laughs> yeah, along so I'm we like, can I, like play and, and feel like he's having fun, you know? I, yeah, because I don't guy, think we but... knew that you had talked to him ahead of time no. <laughs> that it was going to be like a while. So I'm just like, is he fucking like pissed that we're for like yeah. an hour without yeah, him? Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, when I was listening back to it too, um, specifically on that note of like we could do more with that character, I do think like you could do a really great follow up like years down the line story wise to this where Maz shows up because he's such a mysterious guy. He could show up looking completely different. Agathis is prince of this region. Some mm-hmm, dude shows yeah. up brought by the <laughs> guards right. and he's like, promise you this guy knows me like fallouts in trouble. He needs help. Right. Get the <laughs> yeah, gang back then, together. Find out more about Maz and his absolutely. deal. I'm in. We're yeah. so, all right. We're, we're locked in. That's the next adventure. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm open to it. The thing that so uh, Fallout and I had talked quite a bit and we were trying to figure out how to introduce him. I will not dive into his background uh, unless you're begging for spoilers. I don't know how that'll work with him. I don't want to reveal too much, especially if you ever do uh, bring him back out. Uh, maybe that is a teaser for a future episode in that regard. Ooh. But uh, we talked for quite a bit about you know how would he want to be revealed and what would make sense to the plot and, and what would make sense for why he is on board the Obsidian Dawn. Which he never told you. And I love that. He played his card so close to his chest. Uh, and so what I had to say is like, okay, look, if we're going to do this and and have you come on so late, which he, first of all, loved. He kind of liked being this surprise appearance. Um, I said, do you want to run this first encounter that's going to happen to let him be the one choosing how that concrete golem that you guys fought at the court of the uh, doves and daggers and he did think about it for a little bit then decided you know what no he'd rather just be this uh, silent kind of surprise uh, mm-hmm. character out of nowhere and i think it played out really well yeah I mean, it did and it was fun to just have like the three of us doing stuff in the beginning and then have him join and and it was and i added like a layer of like i didn't trust him at all mm-hmm. like as a player i was like this guy's gonna screw me you know he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna screw this uh whatever we're trying to accomplish at the you know what we're gonna accomplish so i was like i get this is gonna grill him and then like i loved how dirk was just like he got you got like friend cantrip. I got right, suggested right away suggested, to like yeah. be on his side and <laughs> so defend you're like, him. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so yeah, and I eventually and and like trusted him, which is good and great. But um, but I was like the whole time I'm thinking, what did, what is what are Ryan and Fallout? What are they cooked up here? What's going on? You know. But it was yeah, it was great. It was now, I a loved, fun element to have. I love that he used the suggestion because I was like a little bit worried. Like, how do we make this resolve? Not in conflict for an annoyingly long amount of time, you know, uh, because mm-hmm. obviously yeah. we're like on an important mission mission and we're bodyguards and you're going to like you could he could easily be an assassin. There's no reason mm-hmm. for us to trust mm-hmm. him. So that suggestion that he pulled out really like just cut. I feel like 20 minutes of bullshit right <laughs> away out of the episode that didn't need to be there. So And it, it shows so much well. how he was thinking creatively, too. Like mm-hmm. I said, uh, Maz's use of magic was just so in the moment, inspirational, pulling from different threads. And it was not very often just, I'm going to shoot fireball in your face. Mm-hmm. He did that a few mm-hmm. times during the, during the fight, but like when he cast sleep and 
it just started cracking me up at that moment. Like you just cast sleep on an area of a ship that's being piloted. What would that do? And that just set up this whole cascade of events that ultimately led to some real fun things happening on board, <laughs> the other ship going down. I mean, it was just chaos and I loved it. I I totally agree, especially considering I know for a fact that was the first time he'd ever played like a wizard or a magic user like at all in D&D. Uh, he typically has always been like a melee person. He told me like this was his since he had played a bit of Baldur's Gate three and gotten used to using the magic in there. He was like, I think mm. I want to try it out in like actual D&D now. So I think he did a really good job finding creative ways to do it, which I loved. And I love that when we were playing, he's like, well, I have a silly idea or I could do something else. And we're all like, do the silly thing. Do the yeah. dumb thing. We want to hear the yeah. dumb thing. Yeah, we're here, we're so we're here to be dumb and silly. That's what we're here for. Oh, it was excellent. I agree. And speaking of the sleep, I think that was a great place to end an episode and also led to what I think is probably the best beginning of an episode uh, <laughs> that we've had, which was the the reverse time thing I thought was really good. Ryan with uh, the I, hand axe. <laughs> yeah, that up. was beautiful. It's it's actually Kyle's fault. Because <laughs> in the middle of the episode, when when you threw uh, as Dirk, you threw your hand axe and missed it. And you guys, of course, you know, what, seven, ten thousand feet in the air. <laughs> and, and Scott's or Kyle, you're just like, yeah, that's going to hit us when we're in water deep in our actual campaign. It's just going to just random axe and come. Yep. And I couldn't get that <laughs> off my head. So I was thinking, yeah. well, what would happen? You know, what happened to this axe? And then I was writing this intro. I, I thought, it, you know. What? How would you know this was that hand axe? And and what would Dirk do? And I thought, you know, writing on Dirk, but it seemed to me very in character for mm -hmm. him. I loved it. I mean, I wasn't something I had ever thought of, but I loved it. And obviously, we worked yeah. it into the rest <laughs> yeah. of the episode. Yeah, that was so <laughs> funny. Um, <laughs> I do think and that's another like, another good oh. sequel bait right there. Is the family of this farmer now knows the name of the <laughs> no, man who threw an axe that killed him? <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought. I don't remember what I was going to say. We're talking but about was... me carving names into the axe, and it was going to trigger your thought right now. And if I keep talking, you're going to think of it. <laughs> no, He's going to do it. Guys. Gone. Here it comes. It's gone. Oh, I was going to. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, oh, it's it there. It worked. <laughs> just like the axe falling from the sky, hitting that guy in the head. The idea smacked me in the face that of what i was gonna say which was that ryan you you before the episode you're like hey can you like have ave maria like queued up like ready to go i was like yeah sure and he's like i'll let you know and, and then it was the beginning you just Good. said like ave maria starts playing and so i played it in the discord which i don't think scott i did not get to that. hear yeah i didn't get but to know everybody that, else so that's good uh, heard me playing that during the uh during the episode when we were actually playing because usually the you know music is different right but, um yeah yeah, and I was, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, normally I'm again, I, I get annoyed when somebody mentions like a specific song. I'm like, well, I can't play this. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, I tried a bunch of different when I was editing, I, I cut out you saying the Ave Maria and I tried a bunch of different songs. I was like, none of these work that well let me dig through the internet to find a rights free ave maria and see if it fits better and it just did it fit so much better than anything <laughs> else i tried so and so that was on me i should have uh I just kind of got lost in the shuffle of things i had actually checked before I even set it to make sure there was royalty free rights free uh, options mm -hmm. um because I, I thought 
when I was creating that, that was the only song that I could think of that had that calm, melodic kind <laughs> of orchestral at the same time uh, feel to it. And then the way you edited the music and you edited the the sound and and took to this chaos of the of the cannons firing and and the engines roaring, all this the switch throwing. Man, it, hats off to you. That was so well done. Honestly, I can't I can't really take much credit. I just followed along with what you were saying for pretty much all of it, uh, except for adding the Wilhelm scream again when the, uh, the time. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> <to reset. laughs> that was so great. Uh, oh man. Um, let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Let's okay. talk magic items because you guys said something before we started recording that that Dirk had a magic <laughs> item and and I want to know what it was. <laughs> I Dirk had an item called the Cloak of Steve that I didn't get around to using that Ryan and I talked with a lot about, which is uh, it's a reaction item. It's a homebrew magic item that when somebody is going to hit you with an attack as a reaction, you summon Steve, uh, <laughs> who is just a guy who is your he's like a celestial defender, but he's just a boring guy named Steve who has 20 HP and he goes away once he dies. But it's like anything that. I was targeting you now targets Steve the round that you summon him and I mostly wanted to have Steve around I was sad I didn't get to do this but I wanted to um I was hoping he would survive the initial hit and then there would just be some guy named Steve with us like for no reason uh <laughs> until he died but then I wanted us to need like some sort of boring information because it specifically says also on the cloak you can like channel like the knowledge of Steve, which is like boring knowledge or whatever, right? Or something mm -hmm. like that. I wanted to have an occasion to summon him again where I was going to just have one of you punch me in the face to get Steve to show up to ask him a question <laughs> uh, was my plan. But unfortunately, amongst all the chaos of it all, I just kind of forgot that I had it and didn't use it. <laughs> so. Oops. When we were talking about Steve, Hilarious. I just kind of imagined uh, like a, a Napoleon Dynamite kind of figure just standing there, mm -hmm. you know, and just and, and he was supposed to be droning on about mundane, boring things. And we even played around the idea of him actually casting a level of, uh, of sleep the longer he talked if yes. he didn't die in his first round. That's right. There were some That's really right. funny thoughts that you, we had kicked around there. The more but. he drones on, it, like the longer it goes, builds up sleep or exhaustion points because he's just so boring to be around. <laughs> <laughs> the other magical That's item I think hilarious. would be worth talking about. Uh, let's talk about Agathis's pistol. Oh, yes. I was going to bring this up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't remember. I can't remember what how the, how it all like came ab about with Agathis's character. But um, but the, but this whole thing where the, so I made a, I made a homebrew uh, magic item, which I have. I've done four like home campaigns, but not for the podcast before. So it was fun to like try and make one for my character for this. And, and this was his chain breaker pistol that his grandfather had forged with, uh, with, uh, thoughts of revenge for the, the gift people who had been enslaved by Lord Calmine. And, and there, I think that's part of that history was given to me by you. You said there's yes. history with the gift. They're slaves by this dude, Lord Calmine. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was fun to make a, a pistol and like as a gif you get firearm proficiency and you get this astral spark that astral spark i think is the name of the ability that gets you more force damage a few times a day with with uh with the gun um and uh and so yeah a lot of fun making this chain breaker pistol that is uh, uh 
basically has an ability that a moon sword can have, which is uh, can call to action a or call forth as an action a gift shadow, and um, this shadow is a summoned spirit that can attack and and it, and it's kind of like a just a a, a summoned uh, a monster for your. Uh, like on your side after you summon it, summon it, and um, but uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun to have that in my in my pocket to use if if needed. And yes, it was needed, and the the revenge part came out, which was just a, a lot of fun. I wanted to ask, uh, yeah, on that front, uh, to both of you, how much you talked ahead of time about like the laws of the region, the history of the gift people in the region and all of that, because you, I mur- told you Ryan. murdered that guy and you were <laughs> like, you were like, according to the laws of the region, I am now your ruler. And I was like, how the fuck does he know all this? What did he, when did they plan that all this piece out? Was, <laughs> I think that piece was given. Yeah. Ryan gave me that piece that it was, there's like, like combat would be able to, uh, to assume leadership in this area. Like that's a, a way you can assume leadership. But, um, uh, specifically they pulling out the gun and shooting him. I remember talking to Ryan. I was like, Ryan, I think if I get like, I get this, like I'm thinking about his character. Like if he gets in front of one of these cow mine people, I think he's going to want to kill them. Like that's just what he wants to do. And so I wanted him to be prepped for that. Cause the last thing I want to do is throw something at the DM for, for this. That's like way <laughs> out of, you know, way out of, <laughs> out of bounds and out of line. Um, and so, yeah, there was a, there was some conversation had, uh, about that to to make sure that yeah, yeah if that was going if that if i decided to do that then that he would at least be prepared for that i guess and, and i appreciated um, that heads up but i was also not likely to make it easy on you but your darn ability to not get less than a 10 and in your case even higher <laughs> than that right when you're rolling which was great and it did make you spend the the spell points but you still had a pretty high dc level to hit but the the way you were able to position things, the way that uh, you were able to get the the gift there on your side to say you're going to solve this and frankly break a dark secret chain that had been a shame on this entire region for a while. It, it really worked on the lore and I would love to have been able to spend 20 or 30 minutes expounding on all this insanity that I had dreamt up for the area, but it fit. What I loved most though is I didn't know for certain you were gonna do it. I didn't know for sure that none of the other characters knew you were gonna shoot this guy in the face. So <laughs> yeah. I wanna know what Dirk was thinking in the moment. I know you kind of said it there, but hey, that's a signal, you know? Yeah. But like, what, what were you thinking at that moment? I mean, for Dirk, Dirk was like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to kill these people because he was bored as fuck when they were talking. Like, <laughs> and, and the fact that we didn't turn into an all out like brawl was probably disappointing to him. Uh, my favorite reaction in the episode is Maz's. I thought you guys were negotiators. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought, what? <laughs> like, you guys are just talking and then he's dead. A man's yeah. dead. Oof. Yeah, I was a little bit worried, I guess, that it was going to turn into, as me, Scott, a little worried that we were going to like get swarmed by, you know, hundreds of people or be arrested. Uh, but Kyle talked them all down. So I was mm-hmm. I was pretty happy with how and it that all turned was, out. It's <laughs> like my it, like um, one of the the worst uh, fears that I have in these podcasts or doing like a character is like, 
all right, now make a speech to convince everybody. And Ooh. then like on the fly, like wanting to role play that, but knowing that the way my brain works is not that quick with speeches. And so trying to like drum up something on the spot is just like, oh, crap, here we go. I'll just try and spit out some words role playing this this character that is supposed to be, you know, brilliant. It's such a hard speech. thing in D&D writing that line between mm -hmm. role playing an intelligent character and relying on just like I roll the dice and though they're smart. So just believe me that they they said <laughs> right, a good yeah, thing. They did here. something good. Yeah, yeah. Like that's hard to play. That's why I often play characters that are very stupid. It's very easy to play. A it character is. It's who is so easy and fun to play. It. Yeah. To just. Yeah. <laughs> what I love sure. about how you all four of you create these characters, though, is any one of them is built in a way that they could be like the protagonist in their own mini series. And the way you've set them up is that they have really risen to that level where they are folk hero level embellished. And I think that really fits actually with the tall tale tavern because these are tall tales. Who knows if any of these are really true or not, how much of them are embellished or not. All you know is what the storyteller is telling. So mm -hmm. you've got these larger in life characters. Maybe none of this stuff really happened the way they're describing. It's just what they're telling. So I think that's fun. So it adds to the the extra mystique of these tall tales and what's getting stored in the books on the shelf in the tavern at the end of each episode. Absolutely. And it's like the, I think I cut the joke that I said uh, at the end of the episode, but it was <clears throat> when the captain finished telling their story, I was just like, how'd you know about all the stuff that happened after they got off the ship? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's because Dirk's Dirk, Dirk's with Dirk went up and, and talked to her and the captain's like, what happened on there? Oh, yeah. Agathis took out his gun uh, and shot uh, him, dude. man. Like, <laughs> just all this fucking like, shot this nonsense. guy out of nowhere. I don't know what the hell he was thinking, but, you know, it worked out at all. It was fine in the end. It was all fine. Agathis is a judge now. It's great. I don't know. <laughs> Turns out it was actually just a secession of power. The guy stepped down. He went uh -huh. on a cruise and yeah, <laughs> none of that actually really happened. It was great. Um, Ryan, you mentioned your, uh, you know, this world that you had built. One of the fun things that we had talked about after this is that you, in a different camp group of players that you DM for, you're now using this setting. Is that right? Yeah. That's correct? Yeah. Uh, it, it's true. Um, I have uh, taken this and fleshed it out into, it's a stupid level, about 80 pages of lore. Um, <laughs> a Amazing. lot of it's auto-generated and pulling things in and, and creating overlays over well-known areas, what has happened, what has transitioned, really fleshing out the Court of Doves and Daggers as the political arm of the United Arcane Coalition, who was a coalition of a lot of the well-known city-states of Faerun and how they had to fight against the Steamlord Confederacy, which is a bunch of guilds who got together who are basically sick of the unpredictable nature of magic and wanted to stop that influence and really focus more on, on industry and technology. They were also pretty racist. They didn't like anybody who wasn't a prototypical. <laughs> yeah. So if you weren't an elf, a human, a dwarf, or a gnome, they basically put you as second-class citizens. So really fit with the Lord Calmine issue there. So it's all this stuff and then this, the, the political intrigue and then the different play these these characters' backstories, how they lived through the beginning of the Mana War, now they're in adulthood, trying to help rebuild it. It's just all kinds of craziness there. So it's been a lot of fun to dive into this and and put it all together. So yeah, I went crazy with it because I just was 
I want to know more about this world that we started creating together. That's yeah, how I know cool. I can't be a DM because for me, it's like, oh, Dirk is uh, he's Danny DeVito and he's a tiefling and he's a dirty fighter. And that's <laughs> the extent of my work. But all that like lore background stuff is 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 satisfying to create as a DM, but really like really satisfying to have your players start to like learn and figure this out. And so like my the home campaign that I run, a bunch of crap just happened. It's, right. It's wild, right? The, the whole school is getting turned upside down at this point. It's not just getting turned get... upside down. I'm about to murder every single person in the school. Yes. Listener. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you. <laughs> and um it's it's great because because there's just a lot to that that I've had prepared for a year. You know, we started playing that campaign a year ago and it's fun to be that I'm going to be able to share some more info to them and more info than I planned on sharing. But based on uh, plan on sharing, but based on the events uh, depends on what you guys do. But there's just even more that you guys get to. So that that part of it is very extremely satisfying um, as a DM. And that's that's part of the. It's part of, you know, D&D is a long game. You know, it takes a long time to get mm-hmm. through a story and uh, and it the the long the length of it just adds so, some fun to it. And um, the contrast to that are these the, this podcast episodes where you get to have these short adventures that you really don't get to have that often in the game that don't last on for months and months. So you get to have this short, concise story that that fits. And that's just a lot of fun. Uh, um. I want to circle back uh, to magic items before we're done talking about them yes, to talk about sure, specifically sure. my battle axe. Oh, yes. And because the one thing on my character that I didn't fully get to achieve that I wanted so badly was to lower somebody's movement speed to the point where they could not get out of my grapple like yes, they could that, i knock them prone <laughs> and then it takes half your movement speed your base movement speed to get up from being prone and that's why i took the slasher feet and this axe that took away five feet of movement speed on failed saves because i was like if i can just action surge and get like four hits in i can lower someone's movement speed theoretically down you were close i know you were close on that one that one like wild turn that you took where you're like (laughs) i could trip him i could do this i'm slashing him like all these things for like 20 minutes you're talking about your turn which is (laughs) great and then i think you had like less like 15 movement speed less or something like that yeah Um, i wanted so badly to get somebody down like 20 to 25 movement speed while knocking them prone and just leaving them completely unable to get up and then i initiate a <laughs> grapple and then their movement speed zero so they're just stuck down there that was my dream but i think the problem was that ryan knew that was my dream and <laughs> let me have it. <laughs> he knows your he knows your dream I, I wanted to crush your hopes and your dreams uh-huh. no i didn't uh intentionally set out to make it impossible it was just the types of enemies you were fighting uh for the most part had some resistance to some of that. Although mm-hmm. you did get Thorok down. And he chose quite the enemy types that I was fighting. Yeah, it's uh, funny. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so you didn't intentionally choose it out, but these uh, these enemy types just fell into your lap, eh, Ryan? Hmm. <laughs> well, some of them for sure did, especially the the marauders that you guys fought on, on this ship. But uh, Thorok sh- certainly. Um, Nothing was going right for him between his rolls, his attacks. There's a lot of things I want to be able to do with him that I ended up not using. And part of it, too, was I think we had 
we've fucked his shit for, up. Yes, <laughs> this is the guy that we threw yeah. off the the uh, the no, ship. Basically, the Rock is no? the final boss that we just yeah. Oh right, kicked yeah, he was, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was done. It, there it was, was a lot going on, and freaking Maz, like you know, he lost his. So you got Lahaya who disarmed him. Maz disguised his weapon. It was just brilliant all of, all around. You guys did a great job of of messing him up. So next time I create a boss, I will make sure that it's it's able to take uh, broken characters a little bit better. I could tell that you were taking it easy on us by making it be a one V four fight to begin with. Like it was very evident that you were like, well, time is a factor here. Let's uh, let's get this. (laughs) Let's let's go. (laughs) To be true. But we also have to make sure we understand, you know, the time and people's interest. And, you know, we all have real lives that we do outside of this. Absolutely. And I thank you for not making it be like, oh, Tharok just summoned his uh, 30 henchmen to come in the room (laughs) and start fighting. (laughs) Yeah. Whoops. Oh, no. My main goal is to make sure it was fun. And as long as you guys came away having fun, then my job was done. That for sure happened. Absolutely agree. I will say, um, speaking of Lahayat's moves... One of the most confounding moves I think of the whole episode is <laughs> when he casts light on the guy's armor. Yes, I, I really wanted to see where he was going with that. We never were able to find out, but there something about disco ball was in his mind, and I just want to know what he was wanting to do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I tried really hard to for a little bit to to fit some disco music into the battle music, but I was like, I don't have time for this shit. Let's move on with <laughs> <Yeah>. our life. <laughs> Uh, but that good. was that was uh, beautiful. Well, good. Any um, any other thoughts? F- final thoughts about the episode? Anything that you guys wanted to bring up specifically about it that you want to talk about before the before we tease next month's adventure? I think we covered it really well. I just I enjoyed so much watching you guys bounce off of the insanity that I laid out and and just all these crazy scenarios and. It's definitely given me ideas about uh, the next time, uh, about what people may have to endure. Ooh, I do have one other thought slash question, which was, is, um, were there any, can you give me any clues on uh, what any of the good options were for days that could have happened oh, sure. since we oh, rolled? Oh, yeah, we just all rolled like four, <laughs> five, six. Five, six, and seven. Like, that was, was the worst so rolls ever for that. Yeah, so there were uh, six negative events that could have happened, and there were four positive events. And the way I had it set up is a one to seven on the on the D20 was a negative event, and you guys found most <laughs> of those. <laughs> we went ahead and got this, all of them. 8 got to all. 15 was considered a neutral event, and a 16 to 20, you would get a positive event. So there was definitely more neutral uh-huh. uh, and to negatives, and then only a few actual positive ones. So the, the positive events on a D4, one was trade winds, where the uh, ship would slip into a trade wind and you get additional 50 miles that day. There were mm-hmm. tailwinds, uh, where the wind was just blowing in the same direction, increasing your speed and making it smoother sailing to gain 75 miles. Then there was the arcane spark, which is you were crossing ley lines that empowered the core, and you guys actually found that one. Mm-hmm. And then there was just uh, the clear skies event, uh, which is just gorgeous, smooth weather, uh, perfect sailing conditions. Everyone's be chipper and happy, and you just we're going to sail along at a clip. Um, it you worked did out miss well. A, yeah, it it really did. Uh, you missed a couple of the scary ones. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say that the arcane spark hitting like right as 
the mm-hmm. last one as we're going to land. I was like, all right, well, that transitions well, so that worked mm-hmm. out very nicely. It really did. Uh, the ones you missed was were prevailing gales. You missed a tornado. Um, oh, good. Uh, and then uh, just routine, like a horrible thunderstorm, like hurricane level stuff. So you missed a couple of those bad Good. ones. So there were some fun things there. Surprising that there were worse options. <laughs> <laughs> right. With those rolls. I guess nobody rolled a one. So I guess <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> well, great. Yeah, that'll close the close the book on the cloudy with the chance of fireballs. And we are uh, excited for next month's adventure because next month is Christmas. Woo-hoo-hoo. And boy, if you know anything about me, it's that you, you know I love Christmas and I just am so excited. This Making this homebrew item, I think, this chain breaker, um, led into me thinking, oh, I could maybe make some more homebrew things. And so based on the adventure, I've made a paladin subclass that scott was able we we made it together essentially there's a lot of features um that uh, we came up with together but an oath of christmas spirit paladin subclass and a northern elf race that um that you'll see uh, some of the maybe abilities of a northern elf in the in the uh uh in the episode in the adventure but the adventure is called a Christmas peril. Ooh. And um, I just uh, had a, it was just a lot of fun uh, making this one. And I'm uh, very excited uh, to re-listen to it, actually, because it's been a, been a bit now. But um, I just started editing it earlier today. So yeah, looking so, forward ooh, to hearing it. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, with with that, Ryan, thank you so much for DMing um, the, this uh, this adventure for us, and we look forward to coming back and and doing another one at some point. Um, you've already told me to do that. So. Absolutely. Now the <laughs> question is, are we ever going to have Ryan on as a player so he gets a chance to play Dungeons? That is and true. Dragons? You are a true forever DM. But yes, <laughs> even when we you invite you onto our podcast, we're making yeah, DM. We won't let you DM. play. <laughs> You well, know what? I'd be more than happy to come on as a player sometime. But I also know uh, with Scott, you or uh, sorry, Kyle, you primarily being in the DM chair, it's nice to have someone uh, give you a break. So I'm happy to be that that pitch hitter. I don't so feel, to speak for an occasion. I don't feel too bad at just saying that you're going to DM this next one because next one because you actually approached me about DMing That's another fair. one. So <laughs> so, so <laughs> but yes, you're welcome absolutely to come back as a player. We'll have to fit you in for that as well. Um and uh with that any any closing thoughts guys? It was nope. good. No, it was a lot it of fun. It was good. Good. <laughs> a good time had by all well that's it then for this episode of the tall tale tavern uh follow us on tiktok and instagram and give us a good five-star review i don't know if you're supposed to say give us a five-star review give us a, a review on no on, give us a five-star review fuck yeah, fuck you if you don't star. if you give us less than five stars you're a piece of shit <laughs> and uh <laughs> thanks for listening thanks to zazar for the artwork and uh, with that, we'll see you next time at the Tall Tale Tavern. Woohoo!